Top Chat with Father Dominic Robinson. I am very fortunate to be here with Father Dominic Robinson in Mount Street in the Jesuit Centre. Especially, thank you. <laughs> especially as I've just heard he's starting on his pilgrimage on Sunday, and I've only just caught him in the nick of time. Yeah. But I'm here talking with him thanks to Facebook. Actually, it was on Facebook that he put up photographs of his recent trip to Iraq, and then I bumped into him in the street outside the Servite, and that got us going yes, on indeed, having right, a yeah. need to yes, talk about Iraq. So you went to Iraq at the beginning of September. I did, yes. Um, September the 8th to the 11th, it was just a, a four-day trip, and it was with Aid to the Church in Need. So Aid to the Church in Need are a Catholic charity who help, in particular, persecuted Christians and other religious minorities. They work through the church structures in various parts of the world, and of course, one part of the world where we have really tragic situations at the moment is Iraq as well as Syria and other parts of the Middle East. So we went out on what ACN call a project trip which is really going to show solidarity with those who are most in need with the thousands upon thousands of Christians who have been driven out of their homes by Daesh by so-called Islamic State, the religious extremists, who in August 2014 entered many of the towns and villages in the Nineveh Plains. Mosul is the best known. They made it the capital of the so-called Caliphate, which Daesh are trying to set up. And we were there to see what the situation was on the ground. We had three of us from Aid to the Church in Need. Uh, Father Pat Brown, who's the duty priest, the chaplain in Parliament, and three MPs, three really inspirational MPs, the chair of the all-party parliamentary group on religious freedom, Jim Shannon, who has special responsibility for bringing back to Parliament issues on religious freedom, was absolutely wonderful in terms of his relentless querying of the situation of exactly what is happening on the ground, and he will bring that back to the APPG on religious freedom. This will also feed into ACN's Religious Freedom Report, which will be launched at the end of November. We also took two MPs, Mark Menzies and Chris Green, and all three of the MPs were convinced that what was going on here needed some immediate concrete action, that this actually is genocide. And of course, the House of Commons voted earlier in the year unanimously that what was going on in the Middle East was genocide carried out by these Islamic extremists, which is a real evil, people driven out of their homes. We met so many people over the four days. We met clergy. We met a wonderful Archbishop Bashar Warder, who was the Archbishop of Erbil, really through the Archdiocese single-handedly looking after all of the needs of the internally displaced people, they're not actually officially refugees because they're still in their country, but they've been driven out of their homes and they're now in really, for what it is, excellent accommodation in Erbil, which the church is providing in refugee camps there. Um, it's certainly so much better than being out in the open. They are makeshift caravans, though. They, they cannot stay there forever. They want to go back to Mosul, to Karakosh, to the little villages in the Nineveh Plains, 
where in August 2014 they were they were driven out. And what we encountered there with these people, with the clergy, and with the government officials who we met as well in the Kurdistan regional government, was above all hope. And this always is a surprise. It always surprises me. You kind of think that, well, maybe you're blinded by hope sometimes. You know that um, that you, you, your faith tells you that you have to have hope. But when you actually meet people who, in the most terrible situations in which they've been separated from their families, their careers, children's education has been disrupted for these two years so far, no sign that that's going to resolve itself immediately. And you hear people say, we want to stay here. This is our homeland. Christianity has been here since the time of St. Thomas. It's our country, and we want to go back to our homes, and we want to practice our Catholic faith, or our Orthodox faith, or the religious minorities in, in the country, Yazidis, Turkey men, these other groups, we want to practice our faith in freedom, then it affects you. You realize that, um, that this is something you've got to take back, that there is something deep within these people in the most tragic of circumstances, which is driving them on. So that's what the trip was really about. Um, okay? Yes. What a brilliant summary of it all without me having to think of a suitable question to get the information out, which you've done without any help, so thank you for that. But when you said that she went out from the 8th of September to the 12th, it immediately made me think of three years ago on the vigil of Our Lady's, because Our Lady's birthday yeah. is the 8th of September, yeah. Yeah. and in the first year of Pope Francis's papacy, he asked for there to be a vigil of prayer, especially for peace and especially in Iraq. And yeah. in preparing for today, I've been so conscious of how long this has been going on for and how long before Pope Francis was Pope, Pope Benedict was asking us to pray and pray and was so united with the suffering of all the peoples who are being persecuted in yeah. Iraq and Syria and that this is such a long, drawn-out terrible terrible situation going on that that a lot of the time one of the things i feel so frustrated by is how little regular news there is on it whether the news just wants tittle-tattle or if it's just things that have just happened or or whether or not it's so dire that you can't quite face the reality of it the whole time yeah. but that it's every single day and i sometimes think well what can we actually do about it and how can we make a difference but this morning, to try and sort of get me in the right zone, I did a search on the BBC yes, iPlayer yes, yes. and found Jane Corbyn's coverage. She did a panorama, so if you're in the UK, for the next nine months, or probably six months by now, you can watch her panorama on the situation in Iraq. And she covered the war in 2003 for the BBC, and she shows footage from way back then. And so I think, well, their situation with Daesh has been going on, as you say, since 2014. Yes. But the suffering of the people goes back just to how it rolls on and how it goes further and further back, how much this people have suffered for so long. And you can think, well, what difference can I make? And should we have gone to war? Should we have gone to war? I think whatever stance you take on, whether we should or we shouldn't, we did. And we have a responsibility. I don't see how you can not feel that, that the situation there today has been impacted by what we did in 2003 and that we have some sort of responsibility for that, and that we should be helping much more than we are. And you can start to think, what can I do? But for me, when you talk about hope, and the hope that you're shown there, for me, aid to the church in need is such a sign of hope that this is something practically when you feel frustrated and think, well, how can I support? And whereas 
their work on the ground that's actually doing something. And aid to the church in need is, for me, such a sign of hope of actually actively participating somehow or another. Yes, I think that's exactly it. Um, you've taken the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I think I mean that in a very positive way. That's exactly it. Um, I was just there for four days, and you feel like a bit of a fraud. Um, I suspect we all did, because you can come back to your comfortable life here. We are called to do all that we can, and the aid to the church in need, that is the three things, you know. It is action, which includes funds, giving your funds for our current Camino appeal that you mentioned, you know, setting off on Sunday. But there's a massive appeal for northern Iraq, aid to the church in need. Awareness of the situation, information, sharing this information, that involves at the grassroots. It's not just politicians. They can make a difference in terms of the immediate action which needs to be taken. But changing our consciousness of what's actually going on there, the real situation of how Christians and other religious minorities are being driven out to the extent that Christianity may well be eradicated completely from this part of the world. And of course we can pray as well. That's the other thing, very importantly, joining in prayer vigils, praying together with our brothers and sisters here in this country who have found themselves here for no fault of their own as well from this part of the world. So, you know, talking about the Iraq war and how things have been especially so desperate since Daesh moved into the Nineveh Plains in 2014, and we witnessed that when we were there because we went to the town of Al-Kosh, which has now 500 Christian residents. Um, it had 5,500 in August 2014. We were just 10 minutes away from the front line with Daesh there. So we met the, the parish clergy there, Father Gazran and Father Aram. They were both, believe it or not, they were both born in Al-Kosh, and they were ordained for the diocese there, and they're now living there as priests. It's one and of the ones, there's a priest that's been newly ordained. We went to an ordination of two Chaldean Rite priests in Erbil, which is the city, it's the capital of Kurdistan, the Kurdish region of Iraq, which is a safe haven for Christians. It's as safe as you can get in Iraq, you know. And this is where the Archdiocese of Erbil, through Archbishop Warder, has set up the temporary accommodation and education, the Catholic University of Erbil, and ministries there to help those who are internally displaced in Kurdistan. We went to the, yes, the ordination of Father Martin Bani and also Father Joachim were ordained at the same ceremony. Father Joachim is a, a married man and he will go back to Germany to work with the diaspora of the Chaldean Catholics who've left and of many of whom have gone to Germany. Father Martin is from a little village in the Nineveh Plains called Karamalesh. And in August of 2014, it was reported that Daesh were threatening to take the village. And he was a seminarian at the time, and he got all of his belongings together at the last minute. And that included also rescuing the Blessed Sacrament from the church there. Well, he was there? He was there. He was there, when, and gosh. he 
then found his way to Erbil, where he has now continued his formation for the last two years. At the time he was a subdeacon in the Chaldean Catholic Church. He's he's now been ordained to the priesthood. So it was a wonderful privilege, a wonderful honour to meet Father Martin. Father Martin's ordination card simply said, I want to serve Christ to give hope and charity for my people. Um, so that was also the message that we got from Father Gazram and Father Aram in Al-Kosh, the last Christian bastion before the front line. They said they were here to save their village. And with reports now that, talking about the war and the political situation, with reports that Daesh are losing ground and that Mosul may be liberated at some point in the autumn as a build-up of troops around Mosul now, then the big issue is going to be, this is what we were told in Al-Kosh and everywhere else we went in Kurdistan, the big issue is how now Muslims and Christians and other religions are going to live together. That's going to be the big ask. And it's the projects which support reconciliation, support helping people who need a huge amount of counselling for trauma for what's happened. It's going to take a generation or more to rebuild. Education, the Catholic University of Erbil, getting people back into employment in the schools, It's not just food aid that aids the church in need and also the agency of my own religious order, the Jesuit Refugee Service, are involved in in all of these areas of work in Iraq as well. But all of these things will need attention. Of course, they'll need funding and they'll need our awareness. This is what we're doing now, isn't it? Information, giving information, disseminating information on what the real needs are, you know, And whatever you think of the decision to go to war in Iraq, whatever you think of the refugee issue of staying in the Middle East, of some people deciding to find their way to the shores of of Europe or to the United States and Canada, then this is a human tragedy on a massive scale. And at the moment, the Catholic Church and other churches are doing all that they can. They're doing their very best to help with this. And that's really where the money is going and where resources are going at the moment to be able to cope with this human tragedy which has been caused by genocide. And the sooner that we can have the international community be clear that what has happened, especially since August 2014, but which has been building up since Saddam Hussein fell, in particular in 2003, to be clear that this is a genocide, it is on religious grounds, then the sooner we can actually start the project of rebuilding. Thank you very much, Father Dominic, for your witness. Thank you. It was a real privilege to be there, and it's been a pleasure talking today. Thank you. Totus to us, for the most tip-top, top chat.